0: Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week on the podcast, we're on the ranch in Daddle, New Mexico, with Cowboys and Love Stories photographer, Lindsay Garber. You can actually hear the fire crackling in the background as we talk about what it's been like for Lindsay to grow her rural business from a side hustle to a portfolio with national clientele. Plus, she has some great things to say about the power of story and even shares her own cowboy love story. So here we go with Lindsay Garber. We're here today with Lindsay Garber. She is a photographer of Cowboy Life and Love Stories here in Dattle, New Mexico. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Uh, no, thank you for for having me. And thank you for coming all the way out in the middle of nowhere. This was a
0: real road trip. It's been <laughs> fun. <laughs>
1: Well, tell us a little bit about
0: you, Lindsay. How did you end up here on the ranch in New Mexico?
1: Um, well, my uh, parents were uh, raised and high school sweethearts in a town about an hour from here, hour and a half. Um, and then they got married, and they left, and we lived all over the country. Um, my dad graduated vet school, um, cowboyed all while he was going through vet school, and then became a vet, and eventually... Um, We ended up back in New Mexico and then I uh, met and fell in love with my now husband and we moved on uh, to, well, he was already out there. I joined him after we got married on a ranch. Um, That's about 15 miles from where we are now. Very cool. So how did you get into photography initially? Um, well, growing up as a veterinarian's daughter, um, I got to travel with him to do a lot of outcalls to rural ranches in different communities. And um, at one point, we had gone to bangs, vaccinate some heifers um, on one of the ranches in this area. And um, I walked in, and they had a, a picture by David Stecklein um, called Harry the Cow Dog that was on the mantle. And I looked at that picture, and I could just... It was like I was there. And in that moment, I said, I want to take pictures like that. And I was about, oh, seven or eight years old. Wow. And that's that's where it got started. I got hand-me-down 35-millimeter camera uh, shortly after that, and I had to do chores to earn my film. And I started out as a bird photographer. I would, I would take pictures of birds, and my brother would think it was great fun to shoot them with his BB gun as I was trying to take pictures of them. So... Not the glamorous thing that I am now, but that's how I got started. I love that. So how (laughs) did you eventually craft that into,
0: and maybe I need to take a step back, because eventually you have created a niche before niches were cool, specializing in ranch weddings and cowboy couples. But how did you go from bird (laughs) photography to that? Take us on that journey.
1: Uh, Well, obviously I was very young then, Um, even though I did start, you know, I I, I don't even know why I brought up the birds there was there was it was just part of the story of becoming uh, a photographer but I went from that I knew I always wanted to take pictures of cowboys that was since Harry the cow dog that is what I had wanted to be um so in uh, high school, saved every penny I had, I wanted to buy a camera, my dad made me buy a car first, <laughs> and so I compromised, and I spent a little bit on a car, and spent a lot of money on my camera, and eventually moved off. Um, I had a full-time job, um, and started taking pictures of friends, and started loving people in my, in my pictures. And I realized, okay, well, I like this. And um, so I, I, I realized that I did, you know, you go from thinking, okay, this is the dream of something I want to be as a child. And then through your teenagers still wanting to do it. And then as you get into adulthood going, I can actually do this. Yeah. Um, and so I had this, I can actually do this. And then I started being a photographer of all things to all people because that's That's how you start. That's how you start. (laughs) And, um, so I still took the, the ranching pictures and, um, you know, through, through that time I got married and moved out to the ranch and, uh, had, had particularly shot at one point I was at that uh, booking and busy, um, and I had shot one particular wedding where they were the sweetest couple. I still hit it on. They were wonderful people. But I was like, oh, I have nothing in common with them. I, I couldn't relate to half of the ceremony. I didn't feel like I was providing the best service for them. Um, yeah, I was a good photographer, but man, I didn't get it. And I felt like that was a disservice to my client. And so through that, in that period, I thought, man, I just had this thought during that wedding. I thought, man, what if I could just shoot ranch weddings with cowboys and cowgirls and the ranch culture and industry? Man, I could really do a good job with that because that's, you know, that's my people, you know. And um, I think somewhere along the way, my husband's, I mentioned that to my husband and he was like, yeah, you should do that. And I'm like, (laughs) You know, that's not going to work. You know, how are you going to pay the bills with that? But, you know, through having that thought and, oh, just over time, talking to other people of, oh, well, we hired this photographer and she couldn't find the ranch. Or, you know, she got lost or she couldn't, uh, she, she got here and was asking us to do these dumb poses. Or she asked, you know, one that, one that was common would be like, they asked the bride to lead the groom on the horse. And, (laughs) you know, and so it was, it was things like that, that I was like, I can actually, it's not, I'm, I'm doing a disservice to couples that I can't relate to I can actually do an exponentially wonderful job for these people that I know, you know, I know how to position the horse, I know when ears need to be up, and I know when ears, it looks more natural for them not to be, and you know, so I, I, that started the process of, okay, and, and uh, you know, we, we, you guys keep saying that niching was before it was cool, it was, it was at the baby stages of it, this is the beginning of it, like very, I wasn't the original person to niche down, but it was just the baby stages of, okay, this is a possibility, um, a terrifying possibility, because you take somebody that's living out in the middle of nowhere, there's already, I mean, you guys drove here, there's no clientele <laughs> there's very few people out here and the ones that that are are more interested in uh, you know paying the feed bill than they are for investing in photography at the price that you need in order to pay you know for me to pay bills um and so along that way I, I said okay I'm gonna do this and I thought I was not gonna have much work I didn't think you know, I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do because it's what really got me excited. And so, um, somewhere in there, my husband said, well, you're, you know, you're, your are target market. I realized my target market wasn't in the area and it wasn't even in New Mexico really. Um, and he said, well, you can travel. And I thought, there's no way. No, there is absolutely no way, but through, you know, his, him believing in me and putting my head down and and working towards it, that's, it happened, and it's been fun.
0: I love it. Well, and tell us a little bit about how you have learned to balance that, because, So Jody and I on the way out here, we stopped at the local convenience store to gas up the car (laughs) before it closed and um, had such a great conversation with the gentleman there. But he was telling us this is the largest county in New Mexico with the least population. What did he say? There's like how many people in a radius of 20 miles? 300? Maybe not even
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can put it in the perspective of the entire county in the summer. Um, because we're cold in the winters. In the summer, it has maybe 4,000 people, the entire county. Our entire county is bigger than the state of Maryland.
0: That is a great picture. So so you're here, and the nearest airport is how close?
1: Uh, about three hours, two and a half, depending on how you're driving. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and how many
0: elk are in the road? Like we <laughs> discovered that too. But um, so how have you learned to? do that because that's a commitment you know when you travel it's not just a quick drive to the airport and back and
1: no no it's not it's definitely when when you're planning to do that uh you know a one engagement session uh you know can be anywhere from three to four days travel just to just to shoot the engagement session so yeah it's um it's a hard question to answer though because I don't know life any other way Yeah. So, you know. It's your normal. You know, Nelson has got to go catch a plane tonight. He's leaving here at 2 a.m. So. It's just your life. It's just, just hope we don't hit an elk between here and the airport. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Well, you do such a great job of capturing those love stories and pictures. Tell us a little bit about your love story, your cowboy love story with Nelson.
1: Um, Okay. Well, um, I need to try and do this in a way that is short and sweet. Uh, We really like our love story, obviously. It's special to us. Um, But uh, about, if you guys had kept going down this highway another 20, 30 miles, out in the open actually it was dark so you didn't see but there's like there this is wide open with mountains and there's a little count, county church this is a little cowboy church and uh my family had been going there he had originally lived out here for a little while um moved away and come back and when he came back all the little ladies at church were like Ooh. <laughs> 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 you've got to meet nelson and uh Uh, It didn't take long before one of them kindly let me know that he was 11 years older than me, and I thought, well, if he is that awesome and still single, what's wrong with him? You know, there's a disconnect here, so I just kind of like, you know, whatever, Uh, (laughs) whatever ladies, (laughs) and um, And then, you know, the the same way with him, he was, oh, and the first time I saw him, he was actually being suited up to be Angel Gabriel. They were stringing stringing Christmas lights under a sheet suit that they had made him, so that was one of the first times I saw him. Oh, we need to back it up. That was not the first time I saw him. But, uh, no, that was, he he walked by, and apparently he was checking me out as I walked by, and uh, the little old lady suiting him up goes, Oh, how old was I? She was like she's seventeen, you know. <laughs> so at least one of them was on my side. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, being the the veterinarian's daughter and traveling to rural ranches, um, doing vet work, actually, it had been years before I was probably twelve or thirteen. Um, we had been to the ranch out here. My dad was doing Coggins and health certificates on horses, and I had climbed up on the fence and was watching the cowboys work cows and um, saw him. I, didn't, I obviously didn't register it. I'm a photographer. I do have a photogenic mind, though, and then it was years later. After I married him, um, I was in the main headquarters ranch house and looking through some of the pictures, and I saw a picture of him in that corral, on that horse, and, you know, his denim Wrangler shirt, and all I was, I was like, I've seen you, I love I've seen that. you, do you remember the little girl on the fence? <laughs> <laughs> I fell on my way off the fence and tore my pants that day, <laughs> but, <laughs> so it, it went, it went way further back, um, but after Angel Gabriel and all of that, I actually moved away, um, took a job, moved away, um, and it wasn't until a few years later we reconnected he had a friend that was getting married and the photographer was just another family friend and she needed some help and he had heard that I was a photographer and um, so he got my number from a friend and called me and asked to borrow my equipment and so through that I loaned him my cameras he went and took pictures of his friend's wedding and we became Facebook friends and The story could go on and on and on of all the sweet details and all the ways that I fell in love with him. But eventually, as in uh, three months and two days after we started talking, uh, we got married.
0: Nice.
1: (laughs) So You just (laughs) knew.
0: We knew. That's so cool. We knew. You got your cowboy. I did. I love that. I did. Well, I love that story, I and I would love for you to tell us, like, how has your business grown over the years? So you started to kind of really focus in on this. You got married, and it sounds like Nelson was a big fan of you pursuing this. So being in such a rural area, how did you get the word out about what you were doing, and how did people start to learn, she's good at this, and she will travel to me, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's that's a process, I'm sure.
1: It is. Um, that's part of the beauty of narrowing down your niche and figuring out who really you want to talk to. And so I figured out, you know, rather than talking to the 99, I wanted to talk to the 1%. And I did it in a way that um, my target market, you know, I decided, okay. And I and, and I took it a step further. I said, okay, I want to shoot the Western cowboy culture but there's still a lot of people in that genre. At that point, Nelson and I had had a, our first daughter and I thought, okay, I can shoot I can shoot 20, 30, 35 weddings at this price and stay within New Mexico. Or I can target even more specifically um, I can even niche myself within my niche. Mm-hmm. And, and be specific on what type of ranch client will um pay me to travel and want me so much as the that they're willing to invest in me so that I can take ten weddings a year. I can take ten weddings and I can travel and I can make the same amount and I can be home that much more um, you know, with my with my husband and daughter. Especially with, you know, being so real. We already talked about how far it is to the airport and all involved with that. And so, you know, living rule, how did I do it? I leveraged my social media. I, I decided who I was going to talk to, and I talked to them. And the clients that I booked today, the clients that I'm booking now, my daughter is now five years old. Um, you know, they're the ones that uh, they don't come to me and they say, oh, I found you yesterday. Nobody finds me yesterday and is like, shh, wow, that's a lot of money. We don't, well, you know, she's all hot. <laughs> she's all hot. She's pretty hot on herself, you know? <laughs> it's not those people. When somebody books me, they say, I followed you for five years. I followed you for six years. I have watched you tell the stories of other people for years. And now I know you're the one that wants to tell my story. So when you say, how did you do it, Ruel? How It didn't happen overnight when I decided, okay, I'm going to niche down and I'm not going to shoot any more weddings of any other kind. And this is my, this is my people. I still had to shoot a year and a half of those weddings that I had booked, but, but you know, I, I began that shift in that transition that led to where we are now.
0: That is so cool. I love that you've been able to do that. Well, you've obviously had some unique opportunities come your way because of that. So Talk to us about some of your favorite projects that you've worked on.
1: <laughs> okay, so I know we talked about this before the podcast, <laughs> and I said I really have a hard time answering this one. Um, I I think it's I have such a hard time answering it. I've got because I really do have so many incredible couples, and they, you know, hire me to tell their incredible stories. I mean, I could I could list off of some of my favorite you know, locations or scenic backdrops or, you know, certain couples that were just awesome to work with, but I can't narrow it down because all together it's just, I, I love what I do. I can't single out one, you know, one favorite project. I could tell you probably a little more what I didn't like, where, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. That's,
0: that's a good place to be, though. It means you're in the right spot. Well, how do you stay inspired creatively?
1: So... This was um, this was something that I actually struggled with a few years ago because you feel like after a while um, you just get in a rut, and what you're doing for your clients is new for them, the poses and the, and the different stuff you do. It's new to them, but it's the same to you. After a while, you start to get into a real automatic flow, and I thought, man, I do need I do need something that's going to inspire me to th- you know kind of think out of the box and, and do something different and. I struggled because everyone's like, well, find a hobby. And you're like, well, okay, well, hmm. this is, uh, my hobby is photography. My love is photography. Uh, everything I do is photography. I don't know what I like other, you know, other than that. And uh, I ended up running into a, a childhood friend, and we had lost touch. And she she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm a photographer. And, and um. And we ran into each other at a gas station um, on one of my travels. And, and she goes, well, let me, let me have your Instagram. I want to look you up on social media. I want to follow you. And she saw it, and she was like, so you're really a photographer? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she goes, I would have thought you would be an interior designer. She's like, you remember how you used to decorate all of our bedrooms, and she was, you were constantly remodeling your bedroom. And you and I was like, I, 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 I guess I, that was true. I did like that. Um, and, and then it was a few days later, I had a friend who – uh, open, uh, she was starting her Airbnb in Santa Fe, and, and she goes, man, I, uh, your, your house is cute. Can you come help me decorate this? And so, um, this is a really long story I should have made shorter, ended up helping her decorate and really rekindling a hobby for making things pretty. And it was through that that completely, I had to completely disconnect everything from photography and go find a a creative fuel um, that had nothing to do with my creative job. And so that was hard, but it was actually ended up being incredibly powerful for, you know, launching me into... It wasn't even necessarily that, you know, I was inspired to do that much different, but I was just more... um, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, and when you're pouring so much out of one creative bucket, sometimes you got to fill another one so that you can replenish the other. And so, you know, when you say, "How do you stay, in, stay inspired?" I'm like, I'm gonna be like everybody else and be like, "Well, I'm gonna find a hobby."
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I really believe that creativity inspires creativity, mm-hmm. and other forms of creativity can feel that
1: mm-hmm. in such cool ways and ways you don't think it, you know, it will absolutely, it yeah.
0: That's great, well, how you know because you do have such a niche brand, how do you work to stay true to your core brand and not deviate?
1: Well, I guess it, it comes from I absolutely love who I get to work with. It's not hard to do. I love who I get to work with I love the 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 places I get to go and the people I get to meet and you know when you not deviate from you know there my inbox is always constantly full of well, will you take my family pictures or do you want to do newborns?" And no, I don't have a hard time deviating into that stuff because it's not my passion and if i if I do allow myself to deviate from that, it takes away from that core that I get so much joy from, so i don't it's not hard to it's not hard to stay on track. I mean, yeah local communities, like, well, you're the only photographer in 500 miles. Why won't you take my newborn's pictures? And I'm like, well, <laughs> A, not any good at it. B, not any good at it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not what, it's not what floats my boat. So there's opportunity
0: for newborn photographers in this area. <laughs> oh, there is.
1: There is. And there's some up-and-coming ones that I'm proud of.
0: That's great. Yeah. So do you find yourself mentoring other people and, and pouring into other photographers to help them – Learn some of the things that you've learned.
1: Um, well, I did a few years ago, and then I got pregnant with my second, um, and he was born. He just turned one. He was born a year ago, and I knew that for 2018, I was going to say no to that. Um, I had dabbled in it a little, done some official and unofficial mentorships and, and teaching. Um, so I took a break from it in all of 2019, and it's February. Just in January, I. Um, reopened and said I would take some online mentorship. Started kind of promoting some workshops and stuff like that, um, and I was uh, I was blown away. Um, and by the response to it, I didn't think that many people wanted to learn from me, um, but I, I I filled up and I had to shut down and say I wasn't going to take anymore for a while. So that was really neat, and I I really do enjoy it. Um, you know when I did start. And I know it might be a little arrogant, at least to my knowledge, there was no other ranch wedding photographer who focused on that. You know, maybe there was, but um, I didn't think there, there wasn't anybody out there. And then through the years, I mean, not a not a sometimes not a day goes by that my somebody doesn't send me a message and says, you inspired me to be a ranch wedding photographer. And now there's hundreds of them out there. So, there's a, you know, when you, when you talk about, am I going to mentor? Sometimes there's the struggle of, oh my goodness, am I just going to train up my competition? You know, this, this, then nobody's going to hire Lindsay Carper. Um, but I realized that, you know, there's, there's plenty to go around and there's a lot of rural ranches out there and a lot of different styles. And so I have actually really enjoyed. If anything, being able to tell these girls, you can actually do it. You can do it. You can either do it in your community or you can travel. And I
0: enjoy that. That's great. And I want you to just talk maybe a little bit more broadly about that. But what advice would you have for rural entrepreneurs in general?
1: Um, I think there can be a little bit of discouragement. You know, you go to the post office and there's like, you know, a hundred boxes. And you think, how how am I ever going to pay the bills if if I don't have anybody to sell to? And I think um, the first thing to recommend would be just to start doing it. The second thing would be don't limit yourself to your rural community. We have, because of the internet and social media, we have a reach far beyond our small little hometowns. And yeah, we can make an impact in our little hometowns, but sometimes that means reaching outside of our hometowns in a way that we can bring it back. Um and for the rural entrepreneur, a lot of times like well out where I live, um, there are no jobs. You either cowboy, you work for the Forest Service, or you work for the county. And there's not a whole lot of those jobs, you know, so there's a lot of wives in rural America that are going, I don't there is no other place to work. There is no Buddy, to sell to in my community, how can I? How can I chase this dream, and how can I do that? And that's where you think, okay. Figure out how to promote yourself on social media. Figure out how to grow your business exponentially through the free resources that we have. I mean, everybody hates the algorithm, but it's actually kind of awesome. And I'm saying that to say, I, I you know it's not going to take away for I, a lot of people say well i don't want to travel they look at lindsay or well why don't you just serve the people that are in your community i serve my people outside of the community so i can stay in my community
0: yeah and
1: that's you know so when you got that dream you can do that i love that what do you love about the power of a story <sighs> A story is, is, is something that not only does it, can it make you feel something, it preserves. I love stories, and it's not. A, I really do love stories. It's more than just going and taking pictures. Part of what I love so much about the particular clients that I get to meet is that I get to know them, and I'm intentional about getting to know them because I don't want to just take their pictures. I want to actually tell their story. And, you know, stories are timeless, but they're also continuing. So I have had the joy of a lot of these couples. You get to take their engagement pictures and then their wedding pictures. And I still stand by, I am not a family photographer, but, you know, some of them I get to take their maternity pictures. And then a few years later, I get to go take pictures of them branding as a family and so that is what I love about the story. And it's not its not a story that necessarily we're t- telling for ourselves, but we're telling for the rest of the world. I mean, yeah, we get to cherish it, but we get to share it. And we won't get to just share it now. We'll get to share it forever.
0: Well, and an image can carry such power too.
1: Yes, it can. I mean, they don't say a picture is worth a thousand words for no reason, but... It's also cool to add some words to it to make it more powerful. There you go. <laughs> well, what's next for you? Uh, well, um, a lot of things and not a lot of things. Um, my daughter's five. My son is one. Um, I reached a place last year where I was like, oh, my goodness, I've actually – I'm living my dream. And so then you start, well, really, what is next? Um, and I realized that for the next couple of years, I wanted to have a few less goals. Um, I wanted to focus a little more on telling my own story at home. I mean, I'm still shooting weddings. I'm still booking weddings. Um, but I also, also wanted to teach, definitely teach more, but not wedding photography. Um, for every inquiry I get for a photo shoot, I get five, and I know exactly because I ran the numbers. I get five inquiries about how how can I take pictures of my own life how can i what camera do I need um, how can i what are little things that I can do that can make a difference in you know taking iPhone pictures? And so as I step back a little bit from, you know, being more so driven with the weddings and the travel, um, I want to fill that in place with, like I said, you know, sticking closer to my own story, but also helping others to tell their own story through um, through their own lens. Because, I mean, and I do, besides weddings, I do shoot. Ranch lifestyle, so I do have people that hire me to come spend an entire day on the ranch with them. Um, it's a little more of a subcategory of what I do, um, but not everybody can hire can afford to hire somebody to do that. And so I think, well, okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be at home more with my kiddos, I think I can I can use again the the ability that you know this era has gifted us with of the internet and social media to help others tell their stories. I love that.
0: So do you have any specific plans around how you want to do that or is that still in the development stages? Or? Um,
1: there's still a lot in the development stages. Um, the first thing I started with in the very baby stages, um, I mean, it was something that I knew I was just going to be launching This just the beginning of this year. So still the baby stages, um, just blogs. Um, that's something that I can do that I can offer for free. Um, that doesn't, I mean, doesn't necessarily cost me anything. I was completely self-taught as a photographer and running a business as a cowboy's wife. Um, cowboys' wages, I and 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 early photography years, I couldn't afford anything, and I had to read the blogs and, you know, watch the YouTube, and I mean, even. There wasn't near as much resources back then as there are now. But and and not that there aren't a million blogs of how to take better pictures of your kids, which is fine, and I shouldn't say it in that tone that's so dissing, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, how do I how can I how can I teach in a way that's going to relate specifically to the cowboy wife, the ranch wife? And so it looks a little bit like okay, you know, everyone's like, "Well, what camera can I get?" And I'm like, "Okay, you need this, and you need this, and you need this, and you need ten thousand dollars," you know. Uh-huh. And their eyes just start to glaze over, and and I, I was like, "No, okay, so I'm gonna back it up. Here's a five hundred dollar camera. This is what you need, and you know, and then here's here's a couple of basic steps on how you can get started with that." And so that's what it's gonna start out as. I don't know where it's gonna go from there, so. I love it. I'm going to be following along
0: for sure <laughs> cuz I know I could use photography tips. <laughs> well, how do we follow along? Where can we follow you on social media, your website?
1: Um, I am just at lindsaygarber.com um, and lindsaygarber on Instagram and Lindsay Photography on Facebook.
0: Awesome. And everybody go check out her Instagram right now. You're going to love it if you haven't seen it already. So, Thank you, Lindsay, for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This has been great.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you guys for being like the first people ever to actually come all the way out and see me. We loved it. (laughs) We loved it. (laughs) Thank you. Yep.
0: Well, I love Lindsay's unique perspective on rural business. That sometimes serving the people outside our community allows us the opportunity to stay in our community. And I was so excited about her plans to teach more, and she has actually started doing that on some of her recent blog posts. So be sure to hit up the show notes for the links and go check that out. Huge thank you to Lindsay for being on the podcast and for opening her home up to us as we were passing through. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.